0: Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Today's show is brought to you by the debut full-length release by Chicago-based synthwave artist USA Gold. USA Gold first made waves as a collaborator on DAD's 2013 release, The Construct. Now, USA Gold is back with more of the same sweeping cinematic synths, white-hot shred guitars, and dancey 80s energy you know and love. Synthetics FM calls USA Gold the album rockin' to the max. Fans of Tangerine Dream's 80s film scores will find themselves at home here alongside sophisti-pop connoisseurs, library music geeks, and Italo disco fiends. USA Gold's infectious blend of crystalline synth tones and high-octane guitars has something for every kind of 80s fan. You can find USA Gold on Twitter at USA Gold Music and pick up the album at USAGoldMusic.Bandcamp.com To the on sin. Welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last. You are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 35. we got a good show for you today. Lots of special guests. It's been a long time since I put out a show, and so uh, I wanted to make sure that this one was okay. And uh, joining me uh, for this intro is uh, my old pal, the uh, lead singer and uh, master of Le Adam McNabb. From England. Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, Andy? How's it going? I'm fantastic. How are you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We haven't talked in a very, very long time. It's been bloody ages, mate. Well, just so everybody knows what's going on today in the show, uh, this is an episode. I have an interview with Python Blue Mm. and a catch-up, a quick catch-up with Protector101. But I decided to also uh, have Adam come join me because, A, I haven't talked to him. It's been, I can't can't even imagine, like, when when was it? Well, see, in in the chronology of the show, not very long, because
1: technically it was like five episodes ago in the Christmas episode. And then we did, before that, we did the Super Nintendo. Yes. And we still yet to do the N64. Yeah. Which would be a good time to do that, too, because there was just that
0: uh, YouTube video released of the guy who did, uh, who released the GoldenEye music, uh, Uncompressed. Did you see that? No. Was it good? It's fine. I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure what the background is, because every story just says, like every story on the internet regarding that YouTube video is like, some guy released the Uncompressed music from GoldenEye. And I'm sort of like, who and how? Did he get the source files, or is he just inputting it into the MIDI and then recreating the songs as they would see- have sounded?
1: These are the questions you should be asking him, Andy, not me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not me, you fucking dingus. Listen. Yeah. People, if you enjoy the show
0: Beyond Synth, please like the Beyond Synth Facebook page at facebook.com/slash beyond.synth.podcast/slash mm, Adam McNabb. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how long it's been, mate. I- I'm still in shock. Yeah, so what's been going on? Uh, not a lot, mate.
0: pretty much standard anyone who's going through and listening to like the backlog of Beyond Synth episodes this is only five episodes since the the Christmas one but in actuality it's been like eight months or something shit because I'm I'm terrible this year I've only put out five episodes in seven months Mm. and I recorded a lot of the interviews close to the beginning of the season so like some of the interviews that I'm finally posting I literally recorded such a long time ago and I just feel bad now because like I recorded interviews with people and I didn't post them for such a long time. Right. Okay. It's been what a year since
1: when? When did the, when did the look album come out? It was tenth of July, so a year and ten days ago. It's mental, innit? It feels like yesterday. I was like talking to Joe and James. I was like, guys, uh, when did our album come out? And they were like, uh, six days ago. That was four days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, shit, we need to, like, we have been busy, like, we've, like, we've all got, like, different things that we're doing and stuff. And um, I've got a few little projects that are coming up, which is kind of cool. What else are we doing? We've been working on, well, we're still waiting. We've been working on something like Bits and Bats for uh, Star Mazer, but we're still waiting to hear what part of the game we're actually working on. So we're just doing little, you know, things there. Star Mazer is a video game star mazer is a video game it looks wicked doesn't it it's like it's like oh well, it's like our type mixed with a bit of broken sword sort of thing would you say monkey's island the the trailer looks wicked i don't know if you've seen it and then just been doing a few i did a little a few things like little projects for mo- uh, crescent moon games so i just he, he just sent me over some stuff and like asked if I could do some stuff for him, and uh yeah it's 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 uh it's been nice it's just been like i say nice and steady uh and we've just recently started to get back into the swing of things really um so we've just been meeting up because I've like recently moved up to Yorkshire now so it's we thought it was gonna be easier but we've, we've actually haven't seen much <laughs> it's been worse than li- when I've been living in London. I found that exact same thing as
0: like uh when I moved into the sort of the into the city. I was in an area with all my buddies, like from college. There was like so many of them. I thought, oh, we'll hang out all the time. And I see them once
1: every like three months, and we're literally like block away from each other in certain some cases. It's <laughs> weird, isn't it? Because it's like because you know you're that close. You think, oh, it'll be, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll see him next week, and then next week comes along. You're like, I'll see him another week.
2: Yeah, but I'll <laughs> do
1: it. It's fine. Uh, and then uh, yeah, so and then I've started working for Cancer Research UK now, which is actually pretty sweet. You singing. No, the Vaspita uh, on, on the on the stand, but I don't think it's uh, appropriate <laughs> for certain scenarios, is it? So yeah, but no, I really enjoy it. It's, it's something that's uh, that's close to ev- I think most people's arts really in it. So What are you doing? this is just a regular job, right? Well yeah, I'm, I'm event managing it. So we just like set up I drive around in this uh, the like cancer research van, set it up in like all, and on the outskirts of Greater Manchester uh, and then the nurses come on board and then we give out information to passers-by you know oh, anyone's got problems they can come on board if they've got like like signs and symptoms and stuff like that it's really cool and like so you know we refer them if they've any problems or anything like that, if they've got any queries or, and you know, we've had some people come back where they've actually from last year, when they've done last year and they said, look, thanks to you guys, telling me to go to the doctors, I had it checked out and it was cancerous and everything's in the clear now. And you kind of, it kind of like gives you that buzz, you know?
0: So do you dress up like a doctor then and like do uh, Oh yeah, all the time,
1: mate. Yeah, yeah. Cup cup the balls and everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's at that moment when you're cupping the balls that you're like, you know, I'm not actually a doctor. (laughs)
1: I do this for fun.
0: You have to do it at that exact moment too and just look them right in the eyes. And...
1: Well, normally I cup them from behind and then I whisper it in their ears. Like <laughs> yeah, but in like, my, like more of like a, a Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> you don't know I'm not a doctor. That sounds like something out of Buddy Godfather. You don't know I'm not a go- doctor, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you said you started, you guys are working on stuff now. Yeah. So how's that going, man?
1: I think that's none of your fucking business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, people should really follow me on Twitter. I'm at Andy Last. That's the official Beyond Sense Twitter account. Do you have a Twitter account?
1: Yeah, at Adam McNabb. And then at La Cassette. And then I don't know what Joe's and James's is. I think I think James is a bit of like a slow bastard with this sort of stuff. Hang on, uh, Joe's. I'm just going on my phone and having a little look. Are you the
0: uh, are you the guy that runs the Look account? Pretty much. And if people don't know what we're talking about. Look a set. These are members of look a set, man. Yes. You you should be excited. Look a set is great. They make awesome music. Adam sings very well. You know, today I was looking at. um... So
1: basically you're saying if people have just joined the interview at like five minutes, is that what you're saying? (laughs) Do a lot of people skip? the first five minutes andy is that what you're trying to say well this is going to be a weird inter- uh, episode for people because uh, i don't
0: usually structure the show like this but the i was watching look a set videos as posted on youtube because people have posted uh, your songs and i was reading comments a lot of people have a lot of nice things to say yeah someone posted your album don't know how you feel about that but i guess you can stream it from Bandcamp, anyways
1: yeah exactly it doesn't matter does it you know it doesn't bother me that sort of stuff obviously you know people put it out there for I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to
0: organically do my Beyond Synth intro business, but I'm trying to work it into our conversation. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, people can, uh, can friend me on Facebook. I'm Andy Synth on Facebook. Can people friend you on Facebook? Can't see why not. You know what I ask people to do, though? Is if people listen and they and they you know they friend me on Facebook or whatever to, to send a little message that says that they're not a robot because I get I get friended by a lot of robots you know when it's like a picture of oh like a, yeah like an attractive God. woman but then you're like this this isn't a real person
1: yeah yeah have you ever watched Catfish uh, yeah I did actually yeah I haven't seen the film but I, I watched a lot of Catfish I think it, I can't remember what it was on I think it was on like some sort of channel on the english channels or whatever and there's one where uh, this guy was with his wife and kids or something and uh, he was talking to this girl online they got really chatty and stuff and the girl looked like she looked like something out of a porn site right you know the profile picture nothing else just that picture yeah he called the guys up they came down he's like look i'm thinking of leaving my wife and kids for this woman she gets me you know like I we're always arguing all the time and we need to you know see how things go but i think this woman's really for me and she we both love each other and stuff and the guys are like oh Okay, but we can't do anything until you split with your, you know, your missus. And they were like, okay. Anyway, they're like they're I think the day are two after or something, he split with her, came over and told them and stuff, right, okay, now they're going to investigate. And they put, I didn't know you could do this, but they put like the image into Google search, like image search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's it. Uh, and then, so basically, when we went to search it, it just came up with all these porn sites. So her picture was off this porn thing and they were like oh shit this looks worrying anyway the texter, they, her, they just text her The could ring her saying look my, my boyfriend's around i know he's, he's quite paranoid and stuff i can't do this he's really like possessive and stuff like that so they're like okay that's fine but can you meet us and they're like
0: okay wait 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 so so explain the concept then of this so when you keep on saying they it's like they took control of that guy's account
1: no 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 not, not the account so they investigate this person that he's fallen for
0: but he didn't leave his wife before they did the investigation did they
1: well they don't want to set him up with someone you know before you know the cuz it obviously would be like having an affair wouldn't it and a virtual affair
0: okay so the guy says i i like this woman so i'm going to call the catfish team yeah t- to make sure she's actually
1: a woman so i can leave my wife yeah i think so pretty, yeah pretty much yeah so sounds like a cool guy well no he's well it's i think he just needed help Ugh. Just watch it, Andy, for fuck's sake, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, so they say, can, can we, the guys who are, the catfish guys, say, can we meet you somewhere? And she was like, okay, hesitant, like, going, okay, yeah, but I don't know how my boyfriend's going to feel about this. So the next day, they're all sat on this park bench, the the guy and the two guys from the catfish. They're looking out for all these cars coming along. This car comes around, and it's a guy, and they're like, oh, shit, it's a boyfriend. shit, 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 shit. Shit. And it turns out this guy came out, and you could tell he was not all there. He, like he had like something wrong with him. Mm. And he started clapping, and apparently he just like said surprise and shit like that. And he's like a vigilante that's out to catch people that are trying to cheat on the wives and kids. Oh, no, not cheat on the kids—that'd be incest. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so
0: there was sort of like a got catfish, this, catfish within the catfish. Then, like there was a yeah. So he was trying all to catch. These... Secret operatives.
1: Yeah, and he's trying to catch this guy out, saying, basically, you know, I can, you know, I can't believe you're doing this to your wife and stuff like that. I don't even know where we started. Why we started this conversation? Well, it's good what to was-
0: to talk with you and have a little catch up on MTV's Catfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to, uh, maybe yeah. I'll cut to the interview with Python Blue. How about that?
1: Oh, whatever you want to do, mate. I'm easy.
0: Now we're going to go to my chat with Python Blue. Uh, he's a nice guy. He's got some cool songs, and we had a, a fun chat. So uh, here's my conversation with him, and then, uh, then I'll uh, talk to you when, uh, when the interview's over.
1: You'd be fucking lucky.
0: <laughs> here's Python Blue. I'm here with uh Python Blue, AKA Chris Day, is that correct? Yes, that's, that's my real name. <laughs> so tell me, man, what's
3: Connecticut like? It's pretty humid all the time. <laughs> Extreme temperatures, it can be really hot in the summer and really cold in the winter, and honestly, I can't really tolerate either. <laughs> yeah, what's the deal? So you just finished, were you just in college or what? I graduated college a, a few months ago. I had gotten my associate's degree. I am planning on going further, but I really don't think my particular university is the answer. Right, right, right. Would you? Would you uh, go to school for? Well, I originally started as a computer science major, but there was just so much overwhelming stuff I had to learn, not to mention how unhelpful the faculty were, in my opinion. What is computer sciences, anyways? Is that, like, code and shit? Exactly. Well, well actually, it can apply to the hardware aspect as well, but yes, yeah, the software, too. Was that one of those things where you went in
0: with sort of different ideas of what it actually was. Like, I know like when I was young, I was going to go to school for animation. Like I remember thinking like, Oh, I want to be like a computer animator. And then as soon as I figured out what was actually required, I lost complete interest. <laughs> you know, where it was just like, oh, you know, you're going to have to learn how to classically draw and, you know, like do like modeling sketches and stuff like that. And I remember just like, yeah, yeah, eh, no, it wasn't for me. Yeah. But it was like, it literally was my plan until I figured it out. Like with the computer sciences thing, did you did you know
3: what it was fully going in? or Not fully, but I did have some accurate ideas, thankfully. For one, I already had a little bit of programming experience already. Because I had already resorted to game mods beforehand. I guess what overwhelmed me was mostly how unhelpful the faculty were when it came to whenever you fell behind.
0: Oh, like just like they wouldn't let you know if stuff was going on, or?
3: Well, not only that, but they'd be really tough graders, and if you realized that you weren't doing well, they wouldn't really do much to help you improve. <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of their job, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, that sounds
0: like some shitty teachers, that's okay. Yeah. So then so then you made a switch, so what did you switch
3: to? I ended up being undecided for a while, but I finally did get an associate's degree in liberal arts, which is admittedly pretty broad, but it's something. So what's an associate's degree? It's basically a two-year program for in college. Just random stuff? Yes, exactly. Mostly general education requirements. But is there things they make you
0: take anyways? Like, I, when I went to film school, but I went to a college, so they made us take writing classes and stuff that weren't really connected yeah. to our course in any sort of way and I remember it being really frustrating because like that was the course that f- that screwed up my grade Ooh. <laughs> and it was just like, and and the whole time, like all of us, uh, you know, my peers were just going like, why the fuck are we taking this class? Like, it's got nothing to do with like what we want to do yeah. was the idea when you do an associate's degree that you're trying to figure out what you want to do.
3: That's the impression I got. Yes. Because what you were saying about stuff that's seemingly irrelevant to the major is exactly the kind of thing I had to do for that program. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So tell me, man, let's let's talk a bit about the music. So you go by Python Blue. Where did that come from?
3: I've had a passing interest in various animated movies, that kind of thing, to the point that sometimes I would experiment with my own story ideas. That was basically how one character I made that was basically a snake-like being. Basically, the name stemmed from that concept. My character, which... I had intended to represent myself, was basically a snake and was mostly blue, so yeah. When I look at your old uh, album arts and singles and stuff, there is that sort of cartoon snake guy, and then you ditched him for the latest one. That one was by John Sparks, it wasn't by myself, and I'm really thankful that he went as far as to do that for me. So is the idea then that the cartoon python is sort of gone now? Well, probably, yeah. I mean, I had received several constructive criticisms regarding my use of, of that thing in my music. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's very polite of you to say
0: it that way.
2: <laughs>
0: I was listening to your stuff and there was sort of the earlier things were kind of more soundtracky. Yes. Talk a bit about that. Like what is a uh, school of insanity?
3: I had originally started as a soundtrack composer wannabe. So that was actually more or less commission work for an artist who's actually trying to make her own animated series. But what you're referring to is mostly demo tapes I had made in order to try to impress her. And thankfully, she was impressed. So what was the actual, like, finished, like, is there a finished product someplace? Unfortunately, there's nothing finalized quite yet. However, there are a few links on YouTube. And it was like a cartoon or was it a game? Yeah, exactly, or? exactly, it, it's It's supposed to be a cartoon, but... It's not exactly your ordinary cartoon. If you're familiar with the early 2000s cartoons, you should think Invader Zim. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. Yeah. What was it that started you
0: sort of changing the direction then? There was a, a long series of singles for a while. Yes. And, you know, the synth sound started to sort of come through with those. Of course, yeah. So what was, what was going on in your brain?
3: One of the con- other constructive criticisms I had received was that how many genres I'd put into whole albums worth... How many genres I had included in them were too broad. So that was how my Prison of the Mind album surfaced. I had It was the result of trying to narrow a whole collection of tracks into one specific genre. And long story short, I decided for synthwave music, which I hadn't even heard of until that point. But I was really thankful that I got a little bit of press. In fact, that was how I found out about Synthetics FM, the blog. So in the album Prison of the Mind, you have a track called Odd Jobs. Does that have anything to do with Bond? Actually, it doesn't. It was just some random track I had made. It was it was intended to sound somewhat comical. I was kind of rushed on names for that one, so (laughs) I kind of just resorted to something reminiscent of what it sounded like, which I'd gotten the impression was sort of like a cheap 80s cartoon, that kind of thing. A lot of my other influences are present in a lot of my other work. For instance, 80s-esque revamped, which is a remake of an older track I had made. That was meant to be reminiscent of Benjamin Orr's "The Lace" album, right? Well, I think that's my favorite song on the album. Is yeah, that yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. I do feel I put the I put among the most effort into that. So are you a uh, are you a fan of reptiles? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love reptiles. In fact, it's funny what you were talking about, about things not being what you wanted, because I had previously had aspirations to work with reptiles for a living, and then I had a summer job back in 2009. That wasn't really pleasant for reasons I'd rather not delve into. All right, well,
0: <laughs> when you say things like that, it just makes me very curious to ask. Can I just make up a story? Okay. <laughs> All right. So you were working at McDonald's, and then someone threw <laughs> grease at you, and then you were just like, fuck this, and you left?
3: No, it wasn't as simple as that. I did manage to, I did manage to stay through the whole thing, but it, it, was, <laughs> it was still pretty stressful. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool, man. Well, so what, what were you thinking, though? Like, it, what, I mean, what are reptile jobs? Would it just be like a zoo guy? Exactly, exactly. That, that's exactly along the lines of what I was doing. When I was a kid, I used to love fucking dinosaurs. I mean, not fucking dinosaurs, just dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, know, I just remember, yeah, I used to have all these damn collections of, uh, like, sticker books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, do they still make those? You know, when I was <laughs> younger, there just seemed to be a lot of, like, sticker books where, you you know, you get the little package, and the package. <laughs> you get this package of little stickers and then you have to, like, collect them all when you open it up and you can, like, finish pictures off. I had, like, a real Ghostbusters one and I had a dinosaur one. Nice, nice. And they were all
3: made by Panini was the company. Thankfully, I think I'm old enough to remember some of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how much times have changed, really, because my emphasis when it comes to how much I prefer to stay in the past and present is the technological aspect. Because, I mean, I may be a Mac user, but I'm really not fond of like cloud-based storage because there will be those times in which you have power, but not internet. I do like physical
0: media And I always will, I mean, I get the convenience. I mean, sometimes, you know, if I do own a movie on DVD, but it's on Netflix as well. Yeah. And I'm laying down on the couch like, I'll just fucking watch Terminator on Netflix or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But I still like having the disc because, you know, there've been several occasions now Where there were those weird days where things screwed up for whatever reason. Exactly, exactly. And it sucks when you don't have access to your own things. Like, nothing makes me more mad than, like, single-player video games that require you to be connected. Yeah, yeah. To, like, authorize.
3: Like, that drives me nuts. Like, when the game itself does not have an online component. Other than the registration. Yeah, it's infuriating. It makes absolutely no sense. In their defense, it's meant to combat piracy, but even so, I don't think it needs to be a constant internet connection in order to verify.
0: No, I mean, even if they just did... I mean, it still sucks, but, like, okay, fine. Like, maybe it needs to verify you, like, once a week or something, you know? Just something Mm. more reasonable, but I I still don't like the idea when you pay for something that you can't use. I mean... really do uh, much with it, yeah. I mean, I know there was that whole, like, SimCity debacle, but even... Mm. I remember, I think it was, like, three years ago now or four Mm. with the PS3.
3: Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, and they had... this weird day where like their stupid internal clock screwed up and then none of the games worked. Yeah. But even the disc-based games, some of them didn't work either. Wow. And it yeah. was just like, what the fuck? I mean, you can just take a Super Nintendo
3: out of like a dusty cupboard and it's always gonna work. I mean, that's definitely one advantage of older games because you don't have to worry quite as much about when an internet connection fails. I do enjoy games that are online, like I'm not like a, what's the word, Luddite? <laughs> no, of course,
0: of course. But at the same time, it's still—it should be a choice where it's like, okay, if you're not going to play online, we don't have to sign you in or whatever. And some games do that, but it's still—I don't know. But you said before you were—you—you you
3: started with like game modding and stuff. I actually am still doing that in my free time sometimes. So when—when when did that sort of interest start? When I was really young, I have no idea what age it was. So long ago, I had been playing with this floppy disk-based game called LoadRunner: Runner The Legend Returns. <laughs> yeah. Those of you who are familiar with the series, it was an arcade-style game. But one thing I liked about it was that it came with a level editor. Right. So I was able to create my own levels, and I really got hooked onto that concept. So then later on, my brother had gotten a game called Warcraft 3, and that had an even more advanced level editor to the point that you could even import custom music and even resort to your own scripts, which is sort of how I knew some of what I already knew about programming. Right, right, right. I guess the modding, the independent modding aspect, came out of my frustration that not all such games have official tools available to the public. Mm-hmm. So then I had started playing Halo 1. I It was a good game. I just wasn't that fond of the choice of music insofar as how it fit in the game. Right. I did finally manage to get a few tools right down to hexadecimal code and... <laughs> mm-hmm. And I did manage to replace the music. Unfortunately, due to how much music there was, I there was no way in heck I could replace it all with original music. But I did manage to replace it with a lot of music from, like, the Terminator movies. <laughs> Lately, what I've been doing, and the cool thing, at
0: least with the PlayStation, is that they just put out a patch where you can... uh play your own music on mp3 or whatever yeah and like synthwave man it just it just makes everything better definitely like it doesn't even it doesn't even matter if the game the game doesn't have to be within the confines of the sort of 80s genre or whatever like it can be any any game because i just love synth music and it just man like it just yeah yeah it makes things so cool at playing grand theft auto with fucking
3: synthwave soundtrack it like it suits it perfectly (laughs) yeah definitely i mean personally i try to broaden my interest a little bit beyond the 80s, which is why some of my music sounds reminiscent of the 90s, actually. I'm, I'm trying to sort of guess what some of your influences are,
0: but definitely there was this track... I. Th- I think it's on Prison of the Mind called The Demons Within. Yes. And I personally hear a Nine Inch Nails influence uh with like the percussion and stuff. Hmm. And it reminds me of like nineties nine inch nails stuff.
3: The weird part is that I actually didn't listen to that much Nine Inch Nails at the time. Really. What I was influenced by was the work of Gary Newman, who admittedly, is a contemporary of Nine Inch Nails now, but even so, I I love a lot of his own work, and I think it's really kind of shown in my own work, down to what kind of sounds are used. Right.
0: Just noticed uh, someone just tried to message me on Skype. I got a message from Snowballs Mama Forty
3: Six. She says, "Hey, are you online?" That's so disturbing because I got a similar contact request, albeit from someone called Ninja Mama. Oh, and they were clearly a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> They're all machines, right? I mean, I imagine yeah, once you, like once you add them,
0: it's just like, oh, go to Pornhub. I'm Like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I hate all. Yeah, all this anyway. I'll message her back. I'm really keen to talk to Snowball Mama 46.
2: <laughs>
3: but yeah, I mean, I really do like electronic music and games and movies and such. And. It's really shame that it's that I really feel it's underrepresented, especially after the '90s. I
0: mean, that's the biggest problem I've had. I mean, I've had this conversation with many people. Just the um, the lack of really cool sort of themes and melodies in in movie scores and in games. Indeed. And that's that's something that I just wish would come back. I, I just find a lot of movies, I, even when it's a cool movie and I like it, I still find the score to be just sort of it's like it's not bad, but it just doesn't doesn't really do anything that not is bad, special. But not yeah. good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
3: i mean back in those decades i mean it's impressive how much john carpenter did for halloween 1 given how few pieces he wrote for that mm-hmm. how many few original compositions it's amazing how much he could pull off for the audience despite how little he had written and yeah it's it it really is a b- big deal how important the theme is for any kind of media i think a lot of modern soundtracks sound the same honestly yeah no there is this sort of
0: this kind of generic uh, orchestra kind of stuff i mean because i'm a big fan of like superhero movies and stuff yeah and i do find like the newest ones like even if i'm enjoying them like i mean i like you know what marvel's doing with their whole marvel universe and stuff of course but i couldn't tell you what the captain america theme is i couldn't tell you what thor's theme is exactly because it's not really striking i'm not even sure what yeah i'm trying to think if there's any film in the marvel universe that has a like a memorable theme i guess avengers kind of has one Sort yeah,
3: of. the only the only soundtrack I I ever listened to regarding Marvel was the first Spider Man movie, and I don't even remember the theme for that. Yeah, when I remember when Spider Man
0: came out, and I like I enjoyed the movie, but I remember thinking like. Oh, I wish the theme was a little bit better, but now compared to like modern day themes, the Spider-Man one is now like a memorable theme, com- comparatively speaking.
3: Relatively speaking, yeah, because yeah.
0: it's like yeah, because the new ones I just don't remember them. Whereas like I do know the Spider-Man theme, but I just I just remember at the time thinking it wasn't super strong.
3: Yeah. Spider-Man,
2: Spider-Man does whatever a spider can.
0: I was going through sort of your your early EPs and things like that. So what was yeah. uh, Two Birds about?
3: It was basically just my attempts to make a traditional single and that there was a single and then a B-side. Cover work-wise, I had chosen that cover because I wanted to try to make as much as I could by limiting myself to one set of electronic sound sources, which in that case was the Emulator 2 keyboard.
0: Listen, I was I was reading some stuff. I remember you you made a post, and I was just trying to figure out what the hell the context
3: was because it said that you talked to Brad Fidel uh, briefly at one point. What, yes. Was, what was the whole context of that? At the time, I had discovered that he had made a YouTube channel, and not only that. But had made a competition for people basically making their own interpretation of the Terminator theme.
0: Oh wait, and you did a Terminator remix, didn't you?
3: Yes, I did. Or a cover. That's right. Okay. Yeah, those of you who don't know, Brad Feidel was the composer for the first two Terminator movies. So, but but anyway. Um <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> well well, I, I just meant for the sake yeah, of any yeah. listeners. <laughs> yeah. Too, but yeah. Um I did manage to find his email, and so I contacted him that way. He was pretty polite about it, despite it not exactly being what he had intended for the for the competition. But he, he did give me some encouraging words, definitely, yeah. Well, the Terminator one you
0: did was pretty, like, it was like a remake, right? Like, it sounded pretty yes, just...
3: exactly. In fact, I had titled it 30th anniversary, so... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I had even incorporated the original irregular time
4: signature. <laughs> hmm
0: Yeah, no, yeah, that's one of the things. I always remember that when I'm watching the... The title sequence Wait, is it even that it's in your regular time signature or that it's just played live and just some of the notes aren't
3: quantized as it were it's, it's really both because I remember hearing in interviews that he that he did have to sequence everything because because media had only just come out when the movie came out so so most of his equipment didn't have it whatsoever <laughs>
0: we can sort of move through your work here. Yeah. So what was, what was the change of clothes
3: album about? Making persistently dark music was getting a tiny bit repetitious. So I did try to make things a little bit lighter with that one. I am considering remastering that and prison of the mind later on though, because honestly, I can't, really listen to much of my earlier work without cringing at the production quality. <laughs>
0: but it's fun. I mean, like, you, you can see your sort of progression.
3: Exactly, exactly. It's, nice. it's a learning experience, and you can have a reference for how much you've learned since whatever you're listening to.
0: Do you have, like, a favorite track
3: from that one? I would probably say it was Fun and Work, though I have no idea why New Retrowave had mistitled it on YouTube and still never changed it when I told them what the correct name was. Why would they call it? Work and Play. I mean, it's similar, but it's still yeah. not
2: the same name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fun when people just make up their own shit. Like-
2: yeah. <laughs>
3: The great work. It's funny that we were talking about game mods earlier, because that was music for an official game mod. I was talking earlier about Amnesia the Dark Descent and my scripting knowledge of it. I was a little bit involved with the scripting and level design, but I was mostly involved with the music for that mod of the game. And everyone who was involved in it was pretty pleasantly surprised how well it did in the on mod DB and other modding communities. So wait, was it uh a mod of what? It was a mod of Amnesia, the Dark Descent. Sorry for not clarifying. <laughs> it's basically a survival horror game in which basically you have no weapons and you're trying to solve puzzles while trying to avoid monsters. I don't think I've ever I must have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. PewDiePie, Markipiler, and several other Let's Players have played it. Did it come out around the time like uh, when they when they have those
0: lists of like I... the scariest games you can play, you know, and it's got like Outlast and Slender Man? Would it be in like I wouldn't know about the list, but it came out in 2010. Yeah, I bet you. Because I, I recognize, now, now that you say that, like, I recognize the title and I'm thinking I probably saw it on one of those lists.
3: Yeah, perhaps.
0: Because <laughs> it is that sort of, that type of game where you're just sort of walking around and you're not exactly, allowed to fight. Exactly.
3: Things. Of course, in my opinion, I feel Amnesia is the best of them because even if it wasn't so well done graphically, despite being an indie game, it's one of those other games in which the developers went as far as to provide the editing tools for the public. So, you you could even make a game that isn't scary and it would still work as a game. How did you
0: get in contact with the people who were making it? It had
3: started through my making custom music on my own for the game. So, I do remember that I was on the official forum for the game developers. I had received a contact re- request from someone and he was very interested in my music and was and- it uh, Snow Mama 46? No. <laughs> No, no, no. It was it was someone else. In fact, the username was actually a, a direct reference to the game, but yeah. Snowball Mama 46 sorry. I, <laughs> said the,
0: I said the wrong thing there. <laughs> then being part of these sort of like modding communities, is that a big part of your like free time? Or do you have to balance that now with music? Like how do you uh, how do you balance those things?
3: Well, I spend most of my time doing music. In fact, most of my modding is an attempt of just replacing the music. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I do spend most of my time music, and I i guess I do the modding as a little bit more of a hobby. So talk to me then about uh, the album Cyborg. That was probably my most ambitious project insofar as mastering and production, because I i had recently bought a few more effect plugins, and so I decided to implement those. And while I admit the production is still wasn't perfect to my ears now, it was definitely an improvement. I guess in some ways you could consider it a concept story, concept album, I mean. I even included descriptions for each track outlining the basics of a story. Now, was that stuff you came up with after you wrote the songs, or were you thinking about that stuff while writing? Sort of both. The first few I had thought of completely independently, but then later I realized that it could work as a story, and that's how I made the rest. Well, I think uh, the track I dug on that one was
0: uh, one called Electric Dreams.
3: Yes, yes. That's probably my best selling one on
0: that album. But I always find whenever I tell somebody like, oh, you know, I really love this song and like, I'm so cool and original for, like, pointing that out to them. Just like, yeah, that's the one everybody likes. Like, oh.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I do know the feeling. I mean, it seems everybody just likes what everybody else likes, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really makes me thankful that this scene exists, that being said, because, let's face it, more people seem to be interested in acts like Justin Bieber. <laughs>
0: Those people don't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You sort of get some of your influence
3: from like Gary Newman and stuff. What's the other stuff that you like listen to? You know, well, most of my other work is influenced by the works of soundtrack composers, Brad Fidel being another. Um, I've recently gotten addicted to the works of John Carpenter and Alan Howarth, but I'm I'm also big on game soundtracks, especially those from the '90s, like Tomb Raider, Myst games like that. Yeah, Myst has a cool score. Definitely, definitely, and it was impressive how much the original composer could do despite. It wasn't really a professional for the first two. To me, it's all about, again, it's all the themes and the melodies.
0: I mean, you don't, you don't need a lot of tools if you've got like that sort of
3: ear for a, a catchy tune or exactly. And 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 when you can recycle the tune but in a creative way, that makes it even better. Mm-hmm. That's and that's one of the things I loved about the Mist soundtrack because there were so many themes that were repeated but used in different
0: ways. Yeah, no, that that one's definitely cool. I know. Um... I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why I can still listen to, you know, even chip tuny and video game music from like, you know, like the 80s and stuff. It's like, yeah, if, yeah. if the tune's cool, that's cool by me, you know, because I, <laughs> I found um in, in modern games, the soundtracks are more about setting
3: the mood now than being like video game music. Indeed, indeed. I mean, most video games back then were on pretty tight budgets, whereas now... You could hire a whole orchestra if you wanted. Yeah, I mean, and some of that stuff is awesome. Like, I I love the work of
0: uh, like uh, Jeremy Soule.
3: Yeah, with, yeah, with, with yeah. Fucking- I I love his work for the earlier game for earlier games like Stronghold, the first Harry Potter game, things like that. I mean, it's
0: difficult to say too because I mean, when I like I have the Skyrim soundtrack, but I think it's it's the one that's just like taken from like the game files yeah so so it's not like the CD that's got like 13 tracks
3: it's like you know 400 tracks and it's yeah, all I'm always like- I'm always disappointed by soundtracks by how rarely they'll incorporate even most of the material yeah like when I watched Big Trouble in Little China I realized that it was probably the one movie I've ever watched in which all the music was incorporated in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, the only exception being the theme song, which was by the devilles, but still, the most disappointing
0: one for me has always been the soundtrack for the movie Legend, because the best song wasn't on the soundtrack. Ouch! Like so, and it's this thing because the, there's this actual theme in the movie called the Unicorn Theme, ah, and it's and it's the best song, and it's like this long track, and it sounds it's a very nice piece, and for some reason. That track wasn't on the soundtrack, and and it was just really bizarre because that was like the best piece of music. I, I mean, it exists to download, but I don't know if it where it came from. I think it came from like some weird European record release. Some, you know, yeah, some, yeah, I
3: know, I know, it's the same thing with the Fifth Element and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> they also <laughs> okay, didn't which, have which the unicorn is especially, theme. which is especially weird for Dumb and Dumber because. The score was never officially released for that movie, even despite it was made by pop star Todd Rundgren. No, it's funny how that works. But I mean, I
0: guess, you know, you could argue the flip side of that, like like in my example with with the Skyrim, is yeah. that I have a folder that's got, you know, 80 pieces of music, and it's just like, you know, Snow Fight number one, Snow Fight number <laughs> two, Forest Battle number three, you know? Yeah, like yeah. And there's so many variations, and some of them are like, it's the same track, but like subtly different than different, the previous different track? Different ways, yeah. I
3: can understand that, not to mention how much easier it is to, to extract in games, but movies, I do feel it's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially because you know, it's only going
0: to be like an hour of music anyways or less. There's no reason why it can't all fit, yeah. unless it was literally just a lot of these classic scores were coming out at times when like CDs weren't out. And they could, they could only fit like 40 minutes of music on a tape or something. So yeah, yeah, they just... yeah,
3: yeah, I can understand that much. But but there was one middle ground I discovered, though. The first Matrix movie. There's an audio dub for the first movie in which you hear just the music with commentary by the composer. Well, he's talking over it? No, Not, not most of the time. <laughs> most of the time he's talking is when there's silence, but yeah. Oh right, right. Oh I see, oh, I see. Okay, okay. Like so the movie had a had a isolated track? Had the isolated music, yes, and then he'd talk during the silence. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did he have to say? Just like I like this
3: one. No, no, he he was ta- he was mostly talking about the production aspect, which is which I do feel in art respect is pretty informative. <laughs> There are a lot of classic movies that I really love, and yet others that are really popular, but I haven't watched. Like I haven't even watched Blade Runner, <laughs> even despite I have the soundtrack. I've been trying I've been trying to get around to it. It's just I've been so swamped. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, there's a lot of things to watch. I mean, Blade Runner is exceptional, but at the same time, it's always tricky, you know, when you tell people to, you know, when you have this build-up, I mean, it's always for me personally, I watched Blade Runner with no baggage. Uh. so I was I was like kind of like a film nerd in high school. I had friends who like just enjoyed watching movies back in the day when block when Blockbuster was a thing, they had this deal where you could rent like twenty movies if they were old. You know, you'd pay like one flat rate and you could just get like well, it wasn't twenty movies, but it was a lot. And you rent them all in bulk, you had them for a week. And so we would rent this big chunk of movies and trade them around with each other. And I remember that's the way I saw Blade Runner and Scarface, like without without being told by everybody, you have to watch these movies. Hmm. So I think when I saw Blade Runner, the only thing that happened was my older brother was just like, oh yeah, that movie's cool. And like, that was it. Hmm. So, so when I saw it, it blew my mind because I was like, oh, it was awesome. But you know, when you have to go into these things with people telling you Blade Runner is the best thing ever... It's going to affect your judgment because it is sort of slow. Like, of course, yeah. Because I do know some people who've watched it, you know, with that sort of baggage, and they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of boring. Like, it's it's slow." I mean, and I don't agree. I don't agree with that. Yeah, of course. But it, but it <laughs> but, it's always, <laughs> but it's always good to go in with you know the same with Scarface. Like I because I, I build Scarface up to people all the time, and it's a long movie. And so I've had people
3: just be like, you know, that film's just kind of too long. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. But you know. I got the same impression from my own sister regarding the first Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Like she she wasn't that impressed by it until like the last 10 minutes. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is understandable because the movie that particular installment wasn't really that intense until then. The impression I got of that movie was that it was more like an Alfred Hitchcock movie.
0: Yeah, like it's pretty tame also too with the violence as well, yeah.
3: More about suspense than about the killings.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had a great fucking score though. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about your
3: uh, your latest album, A Dark Future. I acknowledge I've been running low on ideas. That being said, <laughs> but the good news is my discovery that intense emotions can lead to inspiration. Right. I had a lot of really stressful incidents last year that, as painful as they were, they did inspire me to make a lot of vent music, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why that album is generally so dark. hmm I know this one track and again
0: maybe maybe I'm I'm off here too but uh, the one track uh, brain pollution which reminded me um a lot of the vibe of like Doom
3: like the game Doom I didn't play that game but I I suppose it does have that brooding kind of sound to it I was mainly inspired by lots of Gary Newman's work like his album Exile has a lot of that kind of music right So, I was heavily inspired by that for that particular track. (laughs) ¶¶
0: I'm hearing all these sort of influences that I guess aren't, you know, aren't in your brain, but it's interesting because that one, that one particularly, it's not, uh, when I say Remind, like it's not uh, like any of the the tunes from Doom, but there was a sort of yeah. tempo to them and the sounds that are used sort of brought that back. I was almost, when I was listening to it, I
3: was picturing Doom, like I could see Doom, like this could be yeah. level 28 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I love about Gary Newman, it's that he his music taught me is that you don't have to be up tempo in order to make a good impression. Mm-hmm. Most of his tracks did not exceed 100 BPM. Yeah, I find that too. The other day, I was I don't
0: know why, but I was doing like a BPM search of songs. Yeah, that's beats per minute. Yeah, for all you people who didn't know who Brad Fidel was, <laughs> and yeah, like a lot of my favorite songs too. Like where I where I think they're they're faster tempo than they are. And then they end up being slow. Like I was looking at a lot of old like Depeche mode tracks. Yeah. And like a lot of them were sitting around like 116, 112.
3: Hmm. hmm.
0: And it's it was like, oh, okay. Cause I, I was because I, I do like I make silly music myself. You know, usually I just do the defaults because I'm not it, it was never something I thought about really to like analyze music I liked yeah. and use use that information to to you know build something from, you know, like going like, okay, well, I'm a big fan of whatever enjoy the silence so uh <laughs> what's what's the bpm of that song and let's start from there because maybe there's something about the that tempo that that i like mm. and yeah because with fruity loops i always just use the default so i've been using of course fruity yeah. loops for a very long time and a long time ago the default used to be 140 and it was pretty much designed for dance music of course yeah i know that from a lot of people who use it yeah and then now i think the newer versions the default's 130 but yeah, so I d- I did notice like when I started actually fooling around and changing BPMs and stuff it just completely changed the
3: the shape and the Of course, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how different music software works regarding what it's geared for. Like I personally use Logic Pro over FL Studio mm. and the default BPM for that is 120. <clears throat> right. Which which makes a little more sense because let's face it, 120 BPM is 2 beats a second. If you if it's something you don't know, when I was using like Fruity Loops 2,
0: like a long time ago, yeah. Uh, since since the default was 140, everything I did was 140. Like I never thought to adjust it. Yeah. So every single song just had that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Beat, like this fucking dance music. Yeah, I I I wasn't that fond of GarageBand when I experimented with that, and and one reason for that was because of how hard it was to make minuscule changes like tempo and things like that. So man, what's uh, what's what's
0: coming up? What do you got planned for this year? You have anything planned, or you just gonna relax now that you have your diploma?
3: And I am thinking of taking a little bit of a back seat for a bit. Yeah, I am considering doing a cover album, given a lot of my pieces are covers. But with the possible exception of the cover album, I think I may need to take a back seat for a bit and help regenerate my ideas.
0: Well, you could go out and just like now that you know this, just sort of this charge with like emotional stuff. Just go out and start beating
3: up strangers. <laughs> I, I don't know about wanting to do that, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a possible step in it. the right direction. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just run right home and just get to the keyboard and just write out how that made you feel. <laughs> Unless it turns out you really enjoy it, and then that, that changes everything.
3: Not necessarily, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's cool. So then what's, uh, were what, you going to relax and just fucking do more modding, or are you, like, literally just going to fucking
3: curl up in a ball Well, I, i'm probably gonna do a little bit more modding and focus a little bit more on generic programming as well because mm-hmm. in the end i have grown to realize that computer jobs are a bit more sustainable than being a musician but n- not to say i'm giving up on music i'm just i'm just saying that i feel i i shouldn't obsess about music for money and co- coders and those sorts of people do get paid very well not to mention computers are a growing industry Unlike the music industry, but yeah. Yeah, I've heard about these computer things. I think they're gonna take off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think we're good. You good? You have any anything else you wanna add or?
3: Um, nothing comes to mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. It's all good. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it was good talking to you. You too. All right, take care. Alrighty, righty, that was Python Blue, Woo! Chris Day. We had a fun time. Did you enjoy that interview,
1: Adam? I thought it was pretty sweet. Yeah, he's got some cool tracks. Yeah, short, sure. straight to the point. No mucking about, you had me at uh, hello. <laughs> Speaking of which,
0: how do you feel about that Fallout trailer? <laughs> Does it just make you want to take a shit? Is that what's happening?
1: Too late. <laughs> um, I've pre-ordered the Pit boy edition. How much is that in fucking UK pounds? In UK dollars, it is. Uh, well, I put a 20 pound deposit down and then I have to pay the remaining 80 when it arrives. But like a month ago, they released the dimensions for the fucking thing. Mm. And my phone slash tablet slash 60 inch plasma TV screen will not fit in it. Mi Note 3, my Galaxy Note 3. So I might have to whack it on eBay. But then on eBay, they're like going for like 200 quid.
0: Oh, I never knew that's what those things were. I didn't, I never researched the Pip Boy at all. So it's, so it's basically it's just a case that you put your iPhone in.
1: Yeah. But then they've got the app where you can actually basically use the app in your phone to oh, okay, okay. use on your game as well. So, right. So, yeah, I thought it was going to be an actual screen.
0: We're a few weeks after E3, but I, um, I just watched, I have this thing where I don't really. Focus too closely on games that i know are going to be good Mm. that's just my thing like when people send me a link it's just like oh like doesn't uncharted 4 look good i'm like well of course it's going to look like it's going to be great like (laughs) i already know it's going to be good so i don't really care about watching the video exactly um and so i did that with fallout i'm just like look i love uh the bethesda game so like i i
1: I know i'm going to get it regardless it looks incredible because i never played the um new vegas i just played fallout 3 yeah me too and i played that to death I was constantly on that, and I absolutely loved it. But I didn't do all the, I didn't do all the locations. There was just so much, and I gather that it's going to be like even bigger, the world.
0: What got me was, I mean, I'm a huge fan of like. I personally prefer Elder Scrolls cuz I'm more of like a fantasy guy. But they're essentially like they're built on the same engines, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah, I yeah. play Fallout, I get the same experience, that, you know, that I get with uh, with Elder Scrolls. The thing that got me was uh, that whole town building thing. Oh yeah, where you like you build your own house and then you're like connecting the wires to the circuits and like wiring and setting up-, up like
1: turrets and shit. Yeah, man, I was I was
0: blown away. I was like, "What?" Like that just looks crazy. Yeah, it
1: does. It looks like it's going to be time consuming, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just love when there's those details because right now I'm playing Elder Scrolls Online. Is it good? It's fine. Like I'm fully aware that it's not Bethesda. Like I, I know it's like it's Zenimax that made the game, so it's not really like a. Tr- it's hard. It's hard to describe. Like it, like I think it feels as much like it feels like Elder Scrolls enough that it gives me the. The, the Elder Scrolls feeling.
1: Yeah. Do you have to pay a subscription on that No. Bad buy? Oh, okay.
0: No, so on the PS4, yeah, like you just buy the game and uh, it's got a ton of content. Like the game is huge, but it is an MMO. Like I read a lot of bad reviews mm. and a lot of people were complaining and saying, you know, it was it was bad and stuff. So I didn't buy it. I waited so I could see some friends who owned it and play it and stuff. And it's, it's Elder Scrolls, you know what I mean? Like I'm playing it. It feels like an Elder Scrolls game. The main storyline isn't quite as... Um, like refined as an Elder Scrolls, because it's more like an MMO where uh, there's a like thousands of quests, but they're sort of they're sort of small. It's not so much like I don't even know what the main story of the game is, but I also skip through the talking.
1: Have you played more Destiny? Have you have you jacked that in?
0: Oh, Destiny! I I catched in like last year. Yeah.
1: I won't mind getting it again because apparently the new DLC is meant to be awesome. But, um, but yeah, no, the, and then the Fallen King or something—that's the next one.
0: I just prefer like Destiny. I will say like that game played great; it looked great, and I kind of miss it in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: for me personally, I I like content, and I was never really happy with Destiny's whole model. Mm. Like it, it didn't really have a lot of content. Like the one thing I can say for Elder Scrolls, like the map is insanely huge. And you know you zoom out, and then it's just one province, and there's like all these different provinces in Tamriel wow. you can go to and stuff. Like it's just it's huge, but it's like an MMO where you're like level five in, in your little province, and then the second you go to like any of the surrounding provinces, all the bad guys are like level forty, so you have to like Sweet. level your dude up to to even.
1: I didn't know you. Were, I didn't know you was on that. To be honest, I didn't know you'd got the Elder Scrolls.
0: Well, I wasn't going to until I saw it being played, and I was like, "Well, this." But but the thing about it is the graphics aren't. Great. So in one way, it's sort of a step forward because it's like this, you know, this big online game. Yeah. And it works really well. It actually loads quicker than Skyrim did. You know, we've already seen what Skyrim, you know, look like on PS3 and, and um, Oblivion. And I just find this game, it's not really a step forward graphically. No. So it looks like Oblivion online. I see. I see. But it's Elder Scrollsy enough that it's satisfying me while while somewhat not satisfying me in the sense that it's not the real step forward i expect from a bethesda game which hopefully will happen with fallout 4 what are you looking forward to man
1: i am looking forward to star wars battlefront that's a given
0: yes yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. until dawn definitely fallout 4 what did you think you haven't played batman yet have you
0: i mean i played it for a few seconds
1: i tell you what though dude the the story's pretty short I mean I've got all the I've still I've got all the the, the D L C like the story packs like the Harley Quinn and the Red Hood one. I just can't be arsed with it anymore. I mean it was fun. It was amazing, like to play, but I could only manage like two or three hours at a time and then I would like done I just don't like the whole like the side thing, especially with the you know, the Riddler trophies. I just wanna go in there and just fucking arrest him. I don't want to fucking collect all his <laughs> fucking trophies. Two hundred and sixty odd trophies you've gotta get of his. Yeah, no that's ridiculous. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah
2: <laughs> Man, I got bronchitis. <laughs> 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 i love that oh, thing so much shit.
1: so yeah i'm gonna trade it in i've I've completed it i'm just gonna keep hold of the dlc and i might just like flog the dlc if anyone wants to buy it
0: what i'm waiting for because like you know all those batman games i've really enjoyed but um they just announced the uh the michael keaton dlc with mm. michael, Ke- michael keaton's batman and the 1989 batmobile and so i will play the game either at christmas or early 2016 when they release the version of the game that comes with all the DLC. Yeah. Or I'll buy it for really cheap or borrow it from somebody and then just buy the Michael Keaton DLC and I'll play through the game as as his Batman. Cause honestly, like every game I want now that I that I like to play, they're all those games that are huge time sinks. Because like games went up in Canada. Now they're
1: $80. That's ridiculous. Why why the so
0: Well Canada's dollars low right now, although I remember in my life Besides, when we were young and there was no consistency to game prices, because I know I paid a hundred dollars for fucking Conquer. Jesus, I paid a hundred dollars for Mortal Kombat Ultimate for N sixty four, whatever it was called. There were times when games were super expensive because, like, all the stores charged a different price. But since about. You know the Gamecube era, yeah, all the games have been pretty much consistent, so in Canadian dollars they were you know fifty nine ninety nine and then when the PlayStation four came out, they went up to sixty four and then they went up to sixty nine and now all the games in the fall are seventy nine so star wars is seventy nine and the new Call of Duty and all that shit, so at this point, it's like ah, eighty bucks with tax, that's like ninety, like if I'm dropping ninety bucks on a game that's not even like a special edition. I don't want it to be a game I'm going to beat in five hours.
1: No, exactly. So
0: that's why I'm only going to be playing things like fucking Witcher and and, uh, Dragon Age. My buddy just gave me Dragon Age to play, so I think I'm going to...
1: I really like that one, you know? I was playing that lows, but then like after a while, when you get towards the end, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but hey, when you get towards the, like, the end, you kind of think, come on now, fucking hell, get on with it now. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think, oh, Just Cause 3. Oh, um, fucking
0: right. Just Cause 2 was like one of the biggest surprise and most awesome games I played, like that I didn't know, I didn't know it was coming, and then I just played the demo and was just blown away by it.
1: Yeah, man. So
0: part three, I'm super excited for, even though it pretty much just looks like more of the same, except with... New moves.
1: And I want to play that that Rocket League. That Rocket League looks
0: ace. Yeah, it's fun, man. I'm not a, I'm not a sports guy at all. But, uh, yeah, you drive around in cars and you just hit a giant soccer ball. Yeah. And like you are, or,
1: or football. Well, we need to get all the synth team. We need to get a synth team going on. <laughs> and Rick Shithouse can be uh, the coach or he can be the captain, whatever he feels worthy of yeah. being. <laughs>
0: I'm sure he'd probably want to actually just play the game.
1: That's it, really. All the ones I'm excited about this year is... Mad Max, Until Dawn, Fallout 4, and definitely, definitely, definitely Star Wars. That when I Star saw Wars. that E3, I was just screaming at the TV. Everyone thought I was having a seizure. That Hoth
0: battle looks so good. When I first saw the, the Endor footage that they showed first, yeah. a few months before... I didn't even believe it. No. Like, I'm looking at it, and they're saying, this is game footage. I'm like, no, no, it isn't. No, this is a video. You're lying. Like, you're just lying. Like, that's fine. They lie this all the bullshit. time. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> they do, though. I mean, every time, they're like, oh, check out this awesome gameplay, and then, like, the guy's controller, like, disconnects on stage, and the video's still going, because it's just a movie. <laughs> oh look who did that who
1: did that once remember there was um was it a driving was it like a a, a driving simulator thing
0: yes yeah it was for pc they were doing a demo and then all of a sudden you see like the the vlc player logo show
1: up oh shit so you so like it's like a bunch of douches
0: It was, But it was for a graphics card. I think that that was it. Oh. It was like some little stupid press conference with like five people and they were just showing off their like awesome graphics card and the guy was acting like he was driving, but it was what just a video. Dick. <laughs> hey man, let's... Um, let's
1: cut to Protector 101.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to... I had a little quick uh, catch up with Protector 101. The joke being that this was also recorded a long time ago. And then he even said like, hey, we should do a catch up and I'm like, well we already did one. And I didn't feel like doing a catch-up to the catch-up. So I think
1: uh, <laughs> I think he's What straight after the straight after the Yeah, interview. yeah, yeah. So like it would
0: go like twenty minutes to catch up with Protector 101 <laughs> and then a catch up addendum to that catch up.
1: Well, mate, it's been absolutely ages since we last caught up.
0: <laughs> this has been uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, look, we're going to um, cut to my chat, uh, my quick catch-up with Protector 101. We talked about some fun stuff.
1: Me and Protector were meant to be working on something. I don't know what's going on. I need to have a little natter with him because it's been ages, man. We, we, did, we started something last year, uh, sent him some ideas, and then it just kind of fizzled out like a, a damp mm-hmm. something funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how easy it is to make me laugh. Well, let's... Uh... Yeah, well, let's well let's listen to uh, to me talk with him now, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and uh... well, shut up. Then go on. Then <laughs> here's Protector One Hundred and One. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm uh, I'm here with uh, Protector101, a.k.a. Jake Freeman. I haven't heard from you in a long time.
4: Hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. How you been, man?
4: I've been okay. Yeah, just been busy, busy, busy.
0: I keep forgetting, because we do uh, that other podcast, Time Slap, although I don't think I was on the last one, but... Um, no, you weren't. It feels like we've done more podcasts together, but then I remember that, oh yeah, it wasn't actually Beyond Synth. So really, I haven't, I don't even remember the last episode I talked to you, but I feel like it was like at the start of season two, like near the beginning.
4: Yeah, I think it was either, the, yeah, I think it was the start of season two. And you were, you were on like the first season
0: a whole bunch of times and. Uh, mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I overstayed my welcome, I think, <laughs> in season one. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so it took a whole season to get over that and now I'm back on the show.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. So, let's have a little catch up. How they say in cats up? Yeah, ketchup? Catsup.
4: <laughs> I'm more of a ketchup guy than a catsup guy. I don't even know what catsup is. I think it's like a it's like the same thing but it's like it has different maybe seasons or flavors or like uh, ratios. <laughs> <laughs> Words? I'm sure there's much better way
0: both of us could be spending our time right now.
4: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Really.
0: (laughs) So, man, last time I talked to you, you had just or were about to release the album *Wastelands*. How was that received?
4: It was received very, very well. A lot of people liked it. Had a really good review by uh, John of the Shred on uh, Synthetics page. He did a fabulous job. He nailed it right on the head. He even gave some constructive criticism, which I thought was awesome. Uh, We need more constructive criticism in the scene
0: was it just like a track six sucked <laughs> no,
4: no. he was like track six suck
0: how did he write that down
4: <laughs> it's P F F F F F T. <laughs> it was it's been a while since i've read it but uh he was saying basically uh, a lot of the tracks are great but he was wishing that there was more um high energy tracks faster pace and which i could I see why you know it's a very moody kind of album very very somber and that was obviously kind of the point that i was going for but
0: when you were done that one you got contacted by some people who were doing like a short film
4: right the way if i remember how it went uh, new retro wave had made a post and they were looking for a um they were helping the short film connect with other people other artists and they were looking for music for it and their film was called wasteland which was a post-apocalyptic setting my album's called wastelands which was about a post-apocalyptic setting so i just felt it was like it would be perfect. So I contacted New Retrowave, and they contacted him, and then we eventually started emailing each other back and forth. They picked a couple of tracks of mine, and I was able to kind of like adjust the track so it fit the scenes better. And it's called Wasteland, Tales from the Desert, Part 1. Ooh. They're thinking about doing three parts of this. So um, right now the uh, film is in uh, film festivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's doing pretty good. These They seem to be getting a good response from it. So it's going to be a while till it comes out, you know, for free or whatever you want to call it, like for the whole public mm. to see it. So cool. It's really cool, actually, because it's kind of like the first part is like it reminds me of kind of a Quentin Tarantino, like the dialogue going back and forth between different characters. Right. It's kind of like, yeah, fast pace and it's cool. Also, after you put that out, didn't you do one of
0: those uh, interviews that uh, Robin puts together on synthetics?
4: Oh, yeah. That was, what, what does he call it? I can't remember. Off the grid, is that what it is? Or? It's got to
0: be a pun of some kind. <laughs> Robin, uh, who is Ogre, he does uh, some written interviews on synthetics that he picks particular people to have chats with. I think he just put out one with Dallas Campbell, which was cool. He did one with you uh, around Wastelands. I think was Wastelands like the topic of that?
4: Robin really liked the album a lot and he basically, he just, he wanted to just chat about it.
0: And those are actually, those might be interesting to people because I did, and I still do intend uh, at some point to do an episode of Beyond Sent that's more technical mm. conversation. Uh, as people know, I don't really tend to go there. Like I usually use the podcast as a forum to sort of just get to know people and how they are as people sort of thing. And I don't really ask too many technical questions about like the actual music making itself, because that's just what interests me personally. Uh, However, I do know there's a lot of people who listen to this show who would want, you know, like a more technically based conversation. Mm -hmm. And people who are interested in that sort of thing might actually uh, be interested to read the interviews that Robin does on synthetics, like the one he did with you in Dallas, because those are more, you know, where they actually discuss keyboards and yeah samples and shit like that.
4: I mean obviously with Dallas it was probably more of a hardware based
0: it's just really full of just racist rants. <laughs> yeah,
4: I can it's see just that. It's just the two
0: of them just like sh- sharing ideologies.
4: <laughs> yeah, mine was kind of like, because I, I don't have hardware really. I'm like, like I have it, but I don't like really incorporate it into my music. So it was more to talk about like how I think of things because a lot of, because he deals with this stuff too in his like 195 and 194 album, like a soundtrack bass. It's a concept. Right. And I think that's kind of where our interview went in that direction
0: i mean i guess for for technical sort of advice for people i mean uh even if you're using purely like software-based stuff i mean there's still a lot of obviously technique that
4: uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that
0: goes into it and
4: fine you got me there (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: gotcha jake (laughs) the time slap go that i
4: wasn't a part of it was actually it was different the worst you know, one say it no no the one with it was mark with marco that's the worst one even marco knows that <laughs> i actually enjoyed that one i well i did too i enjoyed it for what it was
0: <laughs> and what it was was shit
4: <laughs> yeah it was a shit show that's what we <laughs> called it <laughs> i think it's like us as a group we have our certain chemistries mm. and when that one element goes away like it just, it throws everything off. Not to say that it was a bad show, or a bad recording session, but it just wasn't the same. But it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like
0: I had literally red eyes because I, I watched Daredevil and I just watched it all in like, <laughs> in like two days.
4: Yeah. And my yeah.
0: one eye was just red. Yeah, because I just binge watch and didn't. I don't blink like when I'm paying attention.
4: Yeah, see, like back in the day, you never heard anybody binge watching a season or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was, just wasn't a thing.
0: Well, it would have been hard with like VHS tapes. Like I'm about to binge watch, and you're like coming with like a shopping cart <laughs> full of VHS tapes.
4: <laughs> I have all seasons of the X Files.
0: I mean, they must have sold them on VHS, but what, what could they mm-hmm. do? Like, it put like three episodes on a tape maybe.
4: Right. Unless uh, they're like, what's that super low recording mode? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. But quality. They didn't,
0: <laughs> but they would never really do that for like professional
4: no, no.
0: things. I mean, like I, you know, I mean, like I'm a big nerd. So I used to have a whole bunch of Doctor Who VHSs and mm. they would only put a few episodes on each one. So you'd have like an entire shelf full of just right. VHS tapes, which you can have, by the way, if you want to buy them from me.
4: No, I don't want it. No. Okay. I was but thanks for offering. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was actually, I kind of like, I was looking at uh, old uh, anime series hmm. from the 90s, and I remember these box sets that they would come in uh, in VHS format. And it was like, just the box set alone was just so cool looking. I don't, I'm never going to play these like, you know, VHSs ever, but man, it'd be so cool to have and just put it on the shelf.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: And to collect dust
0: yeah (laughs) we need we need more stuff like that
4: yeah so someone would come in and be like oh shit you got that yeah (laughs) like yes i have that all
0: for you to say that
4: yes that's
0: (laughs) i own this on the off chance that some weirdo is gonna come in here and appreciate it right yeah because my wife doesn't Since last time you were here, you were part of a uh, synthwave night in Arizona. Yes. They put on a couple dudes, a few dudes uh, put on a thing and they had a whole bunch of people, big synthwave acts come in and do a performance like a
4: live show. I don't remember any of this.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> because who, who else was it? Right, it was like uh, Ghost and uh, Ghost, and, Dance with uh, the
4: Dead, Future Hollow um, Future Holotape, Tape, uh, Itchy Sound, Dress to Kill was there, and then me because there was six acts.
0: So tell yeah, tell me about that uh, that whole evening because it looked uh, like a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, it was totally a lot of fun. Uh, it was called Synth Tracks was the event name. It was hosted by three guys: Brian Young, Mike Goosens, and uh, Matt um, Robbins. Matt Robbins, thank you. All stellar dudes, really kick-ass. Um,
0: stellar dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just, just word-associating. <laughs> continue, I
4: <laughs> so Continue, okay. So anyways, uh, yeah, they had a bunch of us play uh, live, and it was really, really good. Um, it was a very successful night for them and for everybody, I think. It was a really cool moment to like meet everybody. Right. The whole thing started with uh, 8-Bit Miata, which is uh, Brian's, uh, he, he's a pro-am racer, drifter. He liked my song Vision. Ah, oh, This is a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop the story at uh, Brian is a drifter. Yeah, he's a pro-am drifter. Mm. You should check him out, 8-Bit Miata. Oh, wait, wasn't there a video? Yes, yes, it was uh, with the Vision track, my track Vision.
0: Yes, okay, yeah, because I watched that. That was a funny, like, it had a really funny ending
4: yeah <laughs> right
0: it's like, a dude uh playing like an arcade machine like driving game uh-huh and yeah. it was using your track yeah and then uh at the end there was like this like 80 yard lines of the people who like wanted to play the game after the guy yeah
4: yeah like he's like snaps back into reality yeah yeah
0: yeah and then there's I, I swear there's like an old guy that's like get a job or something like yeah just, like, yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is because actually brian did all those voiceovers
0: yeah that's perfect
4: yeah all right don't you get a job buddy
0: my favorite thing like I love bad ADR and yeah, that's still yeah. one of my favorite things when I watch uh, Terminator like the first one <laughs> is there's there's so many choice pieces of ADR in that movie that are so great like one of them when uh, Michael Bean first shows up and then steals the homeless guy's pants and then as the police officer is like chasing Michael Bean down the alleyway you just hear the bum in the background he's just like
4: hey son of a bitch stole my <laughs> pants <laughs>
0: and then At the start too, there's the dude when the lightning is starting, like for the orbs to appear, the future orbs, and then there's this guy who's like trying to get his uh the big machinery to work or whatever. Yeah. And he's turning the key, and then you just you're like, What the hell? Goddamn son of a bitch. And then like (laughs) then starts electrocuting and then just what the hell? It's like they just play the same what the hell again. (laughs) But (laughs) the
4: best (laughs) But
0: the best one and my personal favorite actually there's two never mind cuz there's the one where <laughs> the Sarah O'Connor one where she's like the she's having a terrible time being a waitress yeah. and then a kid puts yeah. like ice cream in her yeah. shirt and then the dude in the background like hey good job kid i ought to give you the tip <laughs> and then, and, then, and then the other one is uh Arnold when Arnold goes to the phone booth and uh he's looking for Sarah O'Connor's number in the phone book and there's a guy in the phone booth who he throws out like a dude with the big beard and then you just hear that dude in the background like hey man you got a serious attitude problem <laughs> so dude what's uh what's coming up man what's coming up for jake freeman
4: yes i got some um people i'm talking about making music for a video game with um virtual reality so Ooh. like the rift and stuff the oculus rift yes mm. <laughs> if you went into a technical
0: that's my favorite kind of rift
4: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm pretty excited about that um then there's uh, uh another video game developer that's um has a couple of my tracks that they're looking to put into their video game as well too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be all opa in this his house. Hmm. Well, I'm going to edit that out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's pretty horrible. As I was saying it, I was like he should edit this out.
2: <laughs>
4: and now you're not going to edit it out. You. Mm. i was talking to vector sector yes and he says uh that you said that we should be on the same show together
0: yes we're gonna do that someday only because he sounds you sound an awful lot of like each other yes but the problem is i think there's gonna be a quality issue because what i would like is to be able to do a game where people have to guess who's who Right. Except once they know the sound of your microphones, it's not going to be as fun.
4: We would have to be in the same room recording underneath the same environments. Yeah.
0: Because that was the thing. I mean, I, I, I heard it when I did the interview with him. I was like, oh, you sound like Jake. <laughs> like, <and> that's <laughs> what I was thinking the whole time. And then other people brought it to my attention when the show was over. Like, he sounds like Protector 101. I was like, I know. <laughs> or, or whatever. I, who's older? If you technically sound like him, then I don't want to be the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you sound like matter? the person who's older right because they came first you know that's respect respect your elders
4: i think he might be a little bit older than me to be honest
0: anyway the bottom line is yes
4: that <laughs> the is, bottom line is yes okay that cool. is something
0: that i had planned and think would be a funny idea because yes. i'm full of great funny ideas for my music-based interview show podcast
4: yes you are <laughs> I'm glad.
0: see look at it like we're getting so much done
4: oh hey how'd your other show go your other podcast thing which one the remember you were trying something new i was on it for a little bit
0: i did four episodes and then i stopped doing
4: did not go well
0: <laughs> no it did not <laughs> <laughs> did not go well at all it's all up on soundcloud you can actually uh you should listen to it because like i i put up the The test episode, Mm -hmm. so the one that was actually with you and... uh,
4: Oh, who else was there?
0: And RF Extreme and Dream Fiend. And uh, I put up the test show, and then I did three live shows that week. Uh, They were all full of, like, really annoying technical difficulties. Only one episode I didn't end up putting up because it was a complete train wreck. Like, it was... yeah. Mixler was screwing up and then and then like it was all echoey and weird. Yeah. The whole thing. It was like that episode was like a disaster. Like when it was done, I was like, I'm not doing the show anymore. Wow. (laughs) And then I did a dramatic (laughs) season finale episode.
4: Uh, Did your character get shot?
0: Well, you should listen to that one because it's only three minutes long.
4: (laughs) That's epic, man. (laughs) Because
0: I don't I don't want to I don't want to spoil it.
4: Okay, let's right. let's just say it's a very
0: needlessly dramatic way to end what was a very shitty live synthwave call-in show. But I want to do it again. Like, the, the what I learned doing it was that I don't enjoy the radio show aspect of it. It was the talking to the people that was the fun part. Right. And then the stupid part was, like, getting the playlist to work correctly and trying to do the fade-in and fade my voice in and out. Like, I just didn't care about, like... It took me a lot of time, like, just getting songs together and, like, what the right. playlist was going to be and what the agenda was and what I was going to say. That's tough, filling space when you, like, literally have nothing to say. Like,
2: <laughs> that's a skill. Like, it's it's yeah. a skill
0: you don't think is a skill until, like, a, a microphone goes in your face without any context and you're just like, uh did anybody watch the, <laughs> I don't want to do this show anymore. Like that's all it...
4: Well, I don't know. That's, a, that's the thing is like, I would think you'd do pretty good at that because you have a, a gift for gab, I think.
0: With one-on-one conversation or conversation in general, I have fun. Like, I mean, like if this were live, mm-hmm. it would be like, yeah, it was a fun little live thing. But as soon as it gets into the technical stuff of like actually doing a radio show, it's just, if I had help, if I was literally like had another person who was the engineer who was doing like the music side of it and they would just like point at me and then I would talk like when they pointed. Yeah. Uh I would hand, I could do that, but then we'd all do a lot better with help.
4: <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a stupid <laughs> thing
0: to even like suggest. It's just like, hey, well, if I had a butler, I would be eating a lot better if I had like a live in chef, like, yeah. We all we all would. I mean, like it'd be amazing. Like you have to cook dinner, and there's just a dude waiting there with food, or a woman. Women can be (laughs) chefs. Chefettes. Yeah, that's what they call them. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) listen, it was fun catching up with you.
4: Sorry, having a moment. (sighs) Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. no but it was good to hear from you man always good night and farewell my friend
0: and that was protector 101 (sighs) fucking hell that was a blast from the past we had a lot of fun i think we both had a cold when i recorded that not to give away when it was recorded but seeing as we're in july now uh it's safe to say that that was recorded uh months and months ago
1: Jesus Christ. Time flies, doesn't it? When you're
0: having fun and only when you're having fun.
1: So have you got, have you had any like, what's happening with this show anyway? Are, are you getting sponsored? Is someone like, Well, the idea
0: up? is, so just if people don't know, I'm, I'm trying to work on like a, like a sci-fi show idea with like a retro aesthetic. It's called Circuit and Breaker. It's like got robots and, and uh, I'm building costumes and they're very like anime inspired, mm. transformer style, kind of looking robots and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool and Ogre, who does the theme song to this show, uh, uh, ogresound.bandcamp.com he's very talented he's, he's very uh, talented. he's helping me out doing uh, some of the score music and stuff And I'm doing, I'm shooting test scenes, and basically, I'm just, I'm just trying to get people uh, just aware of the project because it's so early Mm -hmm. in the project's life. Like I've only. It looks good.
1: I saw the video of it. It looks wicked.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, like I think, like I think it'll be cool. Like it's, it's meant to look like low budget, but it's all. I'm trying to do all the effects as practically as possible, so it is going to be like the robot is a guy in a costume, and like all the other machines he fights are either going to be like costumes or puppeted and stuff. And I want to build like a, uh, like a model city and stuff, and yeah i just want it to be to to feel like something kind of like a low budget science fiction thing from from like the 80s but but that it's not a joke so it's not like making fun Uh, like it's going to be low budget and it's going to be cheesy because it's like a guy and his robot buddy but i'm not making the joke like look how cheap this is yeah
1: no 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 not not like sharknado or something like that you know
0: because to me i i genuinely like all this stuff i love uh anime looking robots and 80s score
1: i mean yeah i mean like 80s sort of stuff kind of looked cheap anyway didn't it so
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> but I like it. Like it's, you know, compared I like to it as
2: well, man. Yeah.
0: When I watch, you know, new movies uh that are like over, you know, like the CG, like everything is CGI, and I don't care. And like when I watch Terminator, yeah, it's ridiculous when Arnold has that rubber head and he's like cutting his eyeball out and stuff. But to me, it's still cool because, like, yeah, they built a f- proper Arnold head. You know? Yeah. Well, like- it's
1: better than him now in Genesis when he's jumping out of an helicopter. Into yeah, another exactly. helicopter. What a dick.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's silly. Like, it, it goes way over the top. What the fuck did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's 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 the whole thing. So it's called Circuit and Breaker, and I'm going to shoot some more test scenes over the summer. Wicked. And what I'm going to do is, like, once I have a few sort of scenes shot... I'm doing this instead of doing a trailer just because I want people to really see, like, here's what the tone of the show will be. Aye. Because you can sort of lie in a trailer. You know, you can make a trailer look like it's wall-to-wall action and then the show comes out and, like, you showed all of the action scenes in the thing. So I really want to show people, like, here's what the actual show would feel like and look like and... And once I get a few of those shot, I'm going to uh, try and do, you know, like a Kickstarter. And if that fails, uh, I'll try whatever. Because I want to make it a series of at least like six 20, you know, 22-minute episodes is the the idea. Because I want it to be a show.
1: Well, I hope it works out. I really hope it like pays off because it seems like a lot of fucking asshole.
0: I mean, that is what I enjoy doing is making... Making videos and stuff, so I mean, it's not a, a waste. I mean, that's how I get my sort of satisfaction. But I, uh, yeah, I hope it works because I think it would be a cool show. Yeah, like I just I, I want I want to show it. It comes from my frustration with like the Transformers movies. You know, they finally do it in live action, and like the Transformers aren't like the focus of the show of the movie. Mm. It's like all the stupid people and the Transformers just happen to be there. And I just I just want to do something with like the robots where the robots are central to the story and and uh, the characters are cool, but they kind of embody what i liked about you know like the 80s uh, cartoons and the relationships the characters have with each other and stuff so nice so that's what that is man
1: i hope it does well lad hello pal like i said anytime you want me to come in, just, just give a knock on door <laughs> as we
0: sort of wind down this this episode of of beyond synth, and it's been a pleasure to catch up with you what's what's coming up, man? like you're working on tracks
1: yeah we're working on a few tracks now uh we're getting back into the swing of things, and I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be a fun one actually because we've we've started like taking a slight just a slight direct in a diff like in a different direction, so it's still kinda not you know it's still still keeping that sort of this sort of vibe.
0: I want the change in your uh, in your sound to be that you now sing like the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish. Can you do that for me?
1: I don't know who the fuck is who the fuck's he. The
0: fucking uh, maybe you're lucky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so shut up, Andy. Your podcast is shite. All right. <laughs> no, I'm, and then I'm also like you know looking to because I've got more free time now, which is wicked. So looking to collaborate. So I've got uh, the odd person working. I can't say too much, but we're in cahoots. Mm. Thought I'd throw that in there. I like the word cahoots. So are we going to do an N64 show soon then?
0: Yes. Good. Good. We'll do the N64 one for sure, because I've been actually playing, going back and playing some old games that, uh, that I used to play on N64, and also I discovered uh, this thing called GoldenEye X. Oh, yeah. It's a GoldenEye mod. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, it's awesome. I actually ran it on a gaming laptop and hooked it to a projector, and it's great because it actually outputs the game at a higher resolution than the N64 ever could. So it actually is outputting at like 1920 by 1080. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it looks sharp. The characters still have big square heads, but you can play as... So what GoldenEye X is, is they took GoldenEye multiplayer and they gave it all the options and settings of Perfect Dark. So now you're playing all the GoldenEye maps and using all the GoldenEye weapons and the GoldenEye uh, characters, but you have bots and you can play all the maps because in GoldenEye it was restricted. Like there was like the bunker and the archives. You could only play with three people. So now you can play four players on all the maps and you can play with uh, the bots with all the same... It's actually the menus from Perfect Dark. So it's not the, the Bond menus. It's the menus from Perfect Dark, but with all the Bond stuff. And you can play as the James Bonds that they cut out of the game. So you can play as Sean Connery Bond and Roger Moore Bond and stuff. Oh, that's wicked. I mean, their heads look ridiculous, but like you know who they're supposed to be. And, uh,
1: and what else? I liked Blast Corps. Did you ever play Blast Corps? Oh, we're, well, we're know, talking about N64, man gonna say this yeah, another we, time yeah we got yeah yeah <laughs> i call the shots so we'll, we'll
0: have an n64 episode so um listen it was good to uh, catch up with you you too my man we had fun today uh hearing from uh, python blue and protector 101
1: awesome uh if
0: anybody wants to uh, check out their tracks i'll post the links on the soundcloud
1: page like your pages follow you on twitter follow them on twitter follow her follow me on twitter
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Though we'll definitely have you back on. We'll do like the N64 show.
1: Yeah, wicked. That'll be awesome.
0: And that's uh, that's the end of the show. Bye. <laughs> Beyond synth is now over. Please tune in next time. Thank you
2: for your cooperation.